Music with a message on the Messenger of Good News, KFUO Radio. You can find us at AM850 here in the St. Louis region or here in St. Louis at 105.3 FM. And the music sounds so good in, in stereo, so listen that way if you can. We have a sister station at 1380, and we have some sacred music on that station. So if you enjoy the sacred music, you can hear that 24 hours a day. And uh, you can find all the information out at kfuo.org. I'm Gary. It's time now for a moment in creation with Pastor Warren Worth of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold. Hi, Pastor Worth. Hi, Gary. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good, too. So there's a cutting-edge laser technology that I've been hearing about, and I know you have the information, and it's something to do with NASA and their hunt for, I'll put it in quotation marks, aliens. So what would you there like you to go. Okay, if you don't mind, I think I can read the newspaper article uh, and then comment on it. It's not real long. Okay. I found this in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Sunday, January 29th, and the byline is uh, Brendan Rassius of the Charlotte Observer. The title of the article is similar to what you were saying there. Cutting-edge laser tech will help NASA in its hunt for aliens. A newly developed laser instrument will help NASA scour distant planets and moons for signs of alien life, researchers say. The high-tech tool developed for NASA by University of Maryland researchers only weighs about 17 pounds, making it light enough to be brought along on deep space explorations, according to a recent study published in the journal Nature and an accompanying news release. The tool is made up of two main components, an ultraviolet laser for excising samples from a planet's surface, and an ion analyzer that produces detailed information about the chemical makeup of the materials. The analyzer, which is 100 times more powerful than comparable technologies deployed on space missions, is built to detect traces of organic matter, like microfossils, from very small surface samples, researchers said. It is also relatively unobtrusive, thereby reducing the risk of sample contamination. It took us eight years to make a prototype that could be used efficiently in space, significantly smaller and less resource-intensive, but still capable of cutting-edge science, Ricardo Arvalo, a co-author of the study, wrote in a news release. The laser, which generates more than three times the amount of energy of the laser aboard the ExoMars rover, will allow NASA to examine larger molecules that are more likely the byproducts of living systems. Uh, so rather than study small materials like amino acids, which are not necessarily indicative of life, the device will facilitate the study of more complex compounds like proteins. The new laser instrument has the potential to significantly enhance the way we currently study the geochemistry or astrobiology of a planetary surface. Researchers anticipate the new technology will be deployed into deep space at some point in the next few years. Enceladus, a small moon orbiting Saturn, is considered a prime target for such life-finding missions. Uh, according to John Hopkins' Applied Physics Laboratory, a warm ocean flowing beneath its surface, which potentially harbors a variety of biomarkers, could easily be assessed by the NASA instruments. Uh, biomarkers have been discovered on the surfaces of various celestial bodies in the recent past, intriguing researchers worldwide. In 2017, 
A molecule thought to be indicative of life was spotted on a comet, according to the European Space Agency. And additionally, fungal biomarkers were detected on Martian rocks, even after they'd been exposed to low-orbit conditions for over a year, according to a 2021 study published in the International Journal of Astrobiology. However, the compounds that are considered biomarkers are not set in stone. Oxygen was once thought to be an essential biomarker for life on extra solar planets, but research published in Scientific Reports in 2015 called that hypothesis into question. That's the end of the article, so let's just take a few minutes to unpack it. Okay, Um, so real quick, they're looking for any life form, not just intelligent life, right? Really, they're looking for signs of potential microorganisms living in some planet or moon in our solar system, and this new laser technology is going to help them, supposedly, to find this. So let's say up up front, what if they did find something? Would that disprove the Bible? No, it would not. You know, we know that God is almighty. God can create life wherever he wants to, and we're surprised when we search for life on planet Earth. I mean, Earth is teeming with life, and even places where we didn't think life could exist on Earth, we have been surprised to find it. So at the bottom of the ocean, uh, near hydrothermal vents in the bottom of the ocean, under the polar ice caps, up on top of uh, high mountains, uh, you know, we've been able to discover different kinds of living organisms, often microorganisms, and we say, wow, who knew that there could even be life here? But that's all on planet Earth. For all the looking that has been done to find life outside of planet Earth, on other planets and uh, celestial bodies in our solar system, none has ever been found so far. But they're still hopeful. And of course, the people who are behind this research have the idea that life evolved over millions and billions of years on planet Earth under the right conditions, spontaneously. No God is necessary. And so their idea is that that could happen someplace else, too. And so they're looking for liquid water, they're looking for the right conditions, and they're thinking that if they can send this particular instrument, for example, to the moon Enceladus, uh, which is one of the moons of Saturn, where space probes have supposedly found liquid water in an ocean that's under the ice in the polar ice cap, and there are fissures in the ice there that send up plumes uh, from time to time that have uh, water, evidence of water, of molecular hydrogen, and of uh, sodium chloride, and some other things. So they think, ah, maybe those plumes that shoot up through those fissures in the ice are evidence that there could be geothermal heat underneath the ice there, which could be a source for uh, warm enough temperatures that life could evolve there. So that's why they would send this instrument there, hoping to see evidence of life. But notice, if you read all the article and were paying attention to the way it's worded, you know, potentially harboring a variety of biomarkers. And when you get to the very end of the article, compounds that are considered biomarkers are not set in stone. So they've changed their minds about what a biomarker is and what a biomarker is not. So 
you see, they've hedged their bets here, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so previously, again, in the article, they mentioned uh, looking for amino acids. And a lot of times if they find amino acids, oh, those are the building blocks of life. Here in this article, they concede, well, nah, not necessarily. Amino acids are not necessarily indicators of living systems. And so we'll look for something more complex, like maybe uh, proteins or something like that, or oxygen or something like this. And again, you know, well, there's methane. Maybe that would be evidence of life. So there's still a lot of room for interpretation, and uh, interpretation can be done as widely as one wishes. And you look to interpret the evidence based on your own worldview, right? So when they look at it from an evolutionary worldview, if they found something that was life or indicative of life, they would say, ah, life evolved here. You know, when we would look at the same evidence through a creation viewpoint, we would say, what do you know? God created life there too. Who knew? You know, so your worldview is going to shape how you look at the evidence evidence, even though it's the same evidence arrived at by the same scientific methods. So what does that mean for us as Christians? You know, we know from God's Word, the Bible, that God is a creator and that life does not arise from non-living matter. God is a creator of life, and he created life on earth in abundance and in variety. Nobody has found life anywhere else on any other planet so far. And uh, don't hold your breath. I mean, they're, they're looking. But if they did find it, it would not disprove the Bible at all. We know that, you know, simple forms of life, if they exist someplace else, would have been put there by God. And we can be sure that the Bible is true without having to think, oh, they're going to disprove the Bible by their next discovery the day after tomorrow. And for you and for me... It all comes back to this. How do I know that I can trust the Bible? Well, it comes back to Jesus, doesn't it? You know, Jesus died for us and rose again. Uh, the Bible is clear about that, and the historical record is also clear about that. So we can be sure that God's not going to pull the rug out from under us there. And also when we use our reason and our senses rightly in the scientific research, we see again and again that what we discover in the world around us uh, reinforces what the Bible has already told us and doesn't really undermine or, or contradict it. You know, a, a person who starts deliberately trying to contradict the Bible will interpret the evidence in a way because he doesn't want to believe the Bible. Rather, when one honestly looks at the Bible and at the evidence, we see again and again the Bible is shown to be true, which we already know as the Holy Spirit has convinced us uh, through uh, the Gospel that uh, the Bible is true and Jesus as our Savior. Would you like to lead us in a prayer? I would be happy to do this. So let's uh, look at Psalm 19, the first verse, and we say, O Lord, the heavens declare your glory, and the sky above proclaims your handiwork. Help us as we search the heavens and as we search earth to give glory to you. As we see your wisdom and power displayed all around us, especially in living things here on planet earth. Forbid it, Lord, that we should think that we're smarter than you are and, and uh, foolishly uh, doubt you. Instead, by the grace and power of your Holy Spirit, convince us of the truth of your word, the Bible, so that we may know and believe that you are our creator and our redeemer. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything special going on there at Good Shepherd Arnold that you'd like to well, publicize? I tell you what, we will soon be in the in Lent, won't we? So yeah. uh, February 22nd is Ash Wednesday. We have a service at noon with the imposition of ashes, and then we have another service at 7 p.m. that evening with uh, the Holy Sacrament of uh, the Lord's Supper. And then, of course, every Wednesday during the season of Lent at 7 p.m., we'll have Vesper services. 
so we invite our listeners to join us if they're in the Arnold area on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., Bible class at 10.30, and Wednesdays at 7, as we proclaim Christ crucified and raised for you and for your salvation. Great. And can you do me a favor? When you're driving around in Arnold, tune in to 105.3 FM and let me know how clear that new signal is. What that is is a translator that's simulcasting KFUO AM, so we're on 24 hours a day now. 105.3 FM is supposed to reach, according to the maps that I've seen, as far south as Imperial, so that's farther south than Arnold. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to know how it sounds in Arnold. So if you could listen... I'll, I'll give it a try. I tell you what, I, I live a little bit south of Arnold, so okay. maybe when I'm in my car driving uh, from home to church and church to home, I can tune in and, and tell you what the signal sounds like. Sounds great. 105.3 FM. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. God bless. We'll We'll, talk to you next time. We'll talk to you soon. We are listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org.